Thank you, everybody. JT, you could have funfetti here, but you probably shouldn't. Well, good afternoon, everybody. It's good to see you. Uh, what a glorious day. God is so good, hey? Yes. He is good. He's really, really good. So thank you, Jesus. Uh, so last week, last couple of weeks, Duncan has been speaking on the river of God, um, out, uh, taking from the central passage of Ezekiel chapter 47 uh, and talking about the river of God who wants to flow and the, the connection between the river of God uh, and the gifts of the Spirit, which we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and Romans uh, 13 and um, well, Romans, wherever it is, and um, uh, that how the, the gifts of the Spirit are the, the manifestation or the interface between the river of God that God wants to do His presence in the world. Uh, and so I want to just take a little bit more time on that theme. Um, we're not going to turn to the passage, but just take a moment to look at um, Ezekiel chapter 47. Let me explain that to you. Ezekiel has this vision. Uh, he's, a, he's a prophet. He has a vision uh, where, the, where God takes him to the temple and, uh, of, uh, that was in Jerusalem uh, of ancient Israel. And he sees the water trickling out from under the threshold of the temple. And then he gets taken around the outside and he sees the water coming out of the city and starting to come into a deeper and deeper river. And he gets taken out a thousand cubits and it's up to his ankles, a thousand cubits up to his knees, a thousand cubits up to his waist, a thousand cubits, it's a river that nobody can cross. And he comes back out and the angel tells him that the river is the river of God that's always flowing to the low places and it flows to the dead places, it flows to the Dead Sea and wherever it goes, it brings life. And uh, as I said, Duncan's connection with that was that the, the gifts of the Spirit are the life of God, the river of God being manifested to people, people all around us. And um, I've got really good news for you. The river is on the inside of you. If you believe in Jesus Christ, uh, the river is already on the inside of you. Jesus says in John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39, He says this, "'Come to me, all who are thirsty.'" Who's thirsty in here? Yeah. Come to me and drink is what he says. All you are thirsty, come to me and drink. For I tell you, as the Scriptures have said, out of the innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And then John goes on to explain it. And he goes on to explain it like this. He says, this he meant by the Holy Spirit who had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. And so the river of God is not just the activity of God, but the river of God is God himself. Wherever the river flows, there's life. Well, we know that God is life. There's no life outside of God. So if the river brings life, the river is God. And then we know that the river brings, is, is love. God is love. So everywhere the river flows, the love of God is being manifested. Okay, and so that river is on the inside of you. It's the good news. Jesus said in John chapter 4, verse 14, as he's speaking to the Samaritan woman at the well, he said, the water that I give you, let me just turn to it. Whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. You know that you have a spring of water on the inside of you. And this is how it works. So the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, uh, John said that the Holy Spirit hadn't been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. 
So Jesus had to be glorified before the Holy Spirit was given. We know that Jesus was glorified in his death, in his burial, his resurrection, his ascension and his glorification. The really good news of the gospel isn't just that somehow you get to to get to heaven somehow because of the grace of Jesus. But the good news of heaven is that everything that happened to Christ happened to you. And so when Christ was crucified upon the cross, Romans 4, chapter 6, Paul says, when Christ was crucified on the cross, you were crucified with him and your old nature is dead. And when Jesus was buried, you were buried. When he was resurrected, you were resurrected to the new life in Jesus Christ. So anyone um, is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And so we're living not just in our, as our old selves, but we are now living in the resurrection life of Christ. And then not just in the resurrection life of Christ, but because we've been joined with Christ, when Jesus was ascended, we ascended. That's good news. And when Jesus was glorified, it says that, he, that in the Bible that he, he, he ascended on high and he sat down at the right hand of the Father and he was given rule and authority over all things until all things were put under his feet and the final things to be put under his feet is death. And when that happens at his return, he's gonna take the kingdom of God and he's gonna present it to the Father. He has all things because he's been glorified and he now sits in the heavenly realms sitting at the right hand of the Father. But the good news of the gospel is that because you've been died and buried and raised and ascended, we we are also glorified sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven, in Christ Jesus. So we're not looking somehow to get to heaven. The mission of Jesus, as we know, was to bring heaven to earth. And you now have living water springing up on the inside of you. Jesus said, anyone who's thirsty, come to me and drink. To to drink of Jesus is to say, Jesus, I believe in you. I make you my Lord and my Saviour. Jesus, I need you. And, And then we drink of him. And as we drink of him, what has happened to you if you've said yes to Jesus is that a spring of water has sprung up on the inside. And that spring is the precious Holy Spirit. And so you are carrying around within your body an eternal spring of glory. The power of the Holy Spirit. Well, there's a couple of you who think that's good news. It's, it's the very best of news. It's glorious that we're not just looking for a river on the outside of us, but we already have the river on the inside of us. That's why Jesus could say, out of your innermost being will flow rivers. You drink, it flows. You drink, it flows. Woo, that's good. And so you are the temple that the river flows out from. Yeah, the Holy of Holies. Where is the Holy of Holies now? Right here. On the inside, we're often looking for something external. I I love to sing songs like we've just been singing, fire fall down, fire fall down. And I I love because there's moments that God moves powerfully and he breathes and and there's something from the outside that that, that he, he anoints us and he empowers us. But there's also something glorious that we can't forget on the inside of us. You know, it says in, in, uh, of Noah, in, when it was about to flood, it had never rained before. And it says that the heavens opened and the rain came. But it also says that the fountains of the deep burst forth. 
In other words, it's both. It's the Holy Spirit, the windows of heaven coming open and fire of God or the rain of God or the wind of God or whatever analogy that the Holy Spirit uses at different, or God uses for the Holy Spirit in different times coming upon us. But there's also the fountain of the deep bursting forth the inside of you. You have a raging river on the inside of you, a river of life, a river of joy, a river of healing that's springing up to eternal life. The precious Holy Spirit. Come on, that's good news that we have the glory of God and we're not waiting, you know, we're not waiting for something to happen out there because we already have the life of God in here. And that river is a river of love and of joy and of peace and of healing and of freedom and of, of deliverance and of breakthrough and of, of, of every kind of life that we could possibly imagine. And Ephesians chapter 2 Verse 10, in the, in, I love the Good News translation, and it says this, God has made us what we are. And in our union, everyone say union. In our union with Christ Jesus, He has created us for a life of good deeds, which He has already prepared for us to do. Part of us being seated on the throne with Christ, part of us being uh, now having the river of life coming out of us. The river comes to us to bring life and healing and joy to us and to set us free. But his desire and his passion is to flow out of us because he has kingdom assignments for you and I, good deeds to walk in out of our union with Christ Jesus. So you, every single person in this room, every single one of us has a kingdom assignment, a purpose of that which we were born for, that the Holy Spirit has brought birth in us and brought us to. And it's his desire and his passion that we fulfill that purpose. Not just the, the, the mega purpose for our lives, but his daily purpose, which is about the Spirit, the union with Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so you have kingdom assignments and so we're filled with the Holy Spirit. We've got this river that's flowing on the outside of, flowing in us. You know, the river of God is always flowing, right? God is always flowing. He's flowing to us to communicate His love to us. He's flowing through us to communicate His love and rearrange and reorder the insides of us. And He's flowing out of us to bring life to those people around us. And, um, and, and that, as Duncan said, that we see the manifestation of that river in, in gifts of the Spirit in healing, in prophecy, in miracles, in faith, in, in, in cheerful giving, in leadership, in hospitality, all those gifts that we see in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12. And um, as well as just our, our joy and our life and our smile and our acts of service and all the things that, that, we, that we, the Holy Spirit's really birthing in us. Right? And so those, those, those gifts of the Spirit require, they're a gift, but they actually require us to develop those gifts. Right? We, we, I've only ever heard of one person that supernaturally got downloaded how to play the piano. And they woke up one morning and they could play the piano fluently. That's pretty rare. So I'm not saying that God can't do that. But for most of us, if we have a gift for music, it actually takes time to develop. We have to practice. We have to put, get in the secret place to play and you know, do our instrument and all of those kind of things, right? It requires skill development. It requires practice. Um, Hebrews chapter five, uh, 5, verse 14, it says that, um, that it's for discernment is for those who have trained themselves to, to, to discern the difference between good and evil. 
They've practiced. In other words, they've practiced so that they can discern. They have a gift which they've practiced and they've honed. And so for us, we love to practice, right? That's why we do things like Life on Fire class. If you haven't been to, I wanna recommend you go. We do the School of Revival and we've got the prophetic class coming up. Why? Because we want you to have skills, to develop those skills so that you can maximize the river on the inside of you. That's why Sunday mornings, we like to create space. And then we look for places to practice, like the Ignite groups. It's a great place if you're not in an Ignite group. Join an Ignite group because you get to practice laying hands on people, prophesying over people in a safe environment. All right, it's kind of a bit more scary to do it with a random person that you haven't come across before. And there's a place for correction and place for joy and discipline and love and all of those kind of things. And then Sunday morning, God wants the river to flow. We need to work and partner with the Holy Spirit to develop those skills and those anointings and the gifts that he's given us, right? Okay, so what is, do you know that there is at least one thing that will stop the river of God having maximum impact in your life? That issue is your soul, your heart, your mind, your will, your emotions, all that the Bible talks about, your heart, mind, will and emotions is the Bible talks about soul. Let me give you a quick body lesson. So I believe that we are three, we're comprised of three components. A body, which is the physical flesh. The soul, which is, as I said before, is our mind, will and emotions. And then our, and, um, and then our spirit, which is the eternal part of us. Right, and our spirit, I believe when we get born again, I believe that it's our spirit that comes alive. When, as I said in 2 Corinthians 5, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. That's in the spirit. Our spirits get made alive. Right? If you don't, if you don't quite believe me, let me give you some scriptures. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Now, may the God of peace himself, this is Paul writing, sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're body, soul and spirit. And then Hebrews, in case you don't believe me at all, even with that, Hebrews chapter four, verse 12 says this, that the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword to, to divide, to separate the division of soul and spirit. Our spirits are the part of us that's alive. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 17 says that he who has joined himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Where is the union? It's kind of like a metaphor physical, spiritual union in our spirits with our spirit somehow being connected to, 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 to Jesus, right? So our spirit is alive. Now it's the, the, the battle for us is the realm of the soul where we have this battle where we're moving our minds from the old nature to the new nature. That's why Paul can say things like, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Put off your old nature, put on your new nature. That's, he's talking about the realm of the spirit, sorry, the realm of the soul for us, which is where the mind, will and emotions. And it's the realm of the soul that actually causes the river to be blocked. You're probably all familiar with beavers. The job of a beaver, and I don't know, I got a little bit more information after the first service, but basically what a beaver does is it builds a dam, right? It, it, it gets logs and it gets twigs and it gets things and, it's, and it's, it's, its desire, its programming, if you like, is to actually stop the river from flowing quite as much. I don't know why they do it. Apparently somebody told me they do it where it's noisy, 
They, maybe they don't like the noise. I don't know. But they, they put it together, they build the dam, and what does that do? Well, it, it causes a log jam that causes the river to not flow very powerfully. Issues of the soul are like, can be like beaver dams. Issues of our heart can be like beaver dams, and we can block things up. I'll share, share with you a little story. When I was about nine, I had a friend in, uh, I was living, growing up in Nigeria uh, as a missionary kid and um, my parents were kind of, you know, relatively senior in the mission and, um, and we had a, they had, I don't think it was connected with our mission, but they had a, a big compound with a guest house on it. At the end of the guest house was a, an apartment and so I had a friend, me, uh, a, a girl called Hannah Kimber and, and Hannah and I were like best buds. We would just go around doing different things and one, you know, one day uh, we noticed that, that there was a, uh, an overflow from the drain from the kitchen that came outside of the house uh, and then there was a gap between that and the actual drain below and we noticed there was some dr- water dripping out of it. So we thought, oh, this will be fun. Why don't we stop it up? So they were gone for the weekend. So we shoved as much mud and silt and stuff, you know, vegetation up there and, and thought, ah, that will be fun. The only thing is, when they came home, it had overflowed there and was outflowing out of the front door. And they had that, that blockage had caused, and that little one drip, drip, drip had caused the entire house to be flooded. Not good. And of course, I'm the missionary kid with my, you know, my, you know, it's like every parent's nightmare, isn't it? So I'm keeping quiet. But my friend Hannah, she's going, I've got, to her parents, you know, I've got a secret. It's a bad thing to tell your parents. And so, you know, being the loving, kind people they are, they got it out of her. And, and, and we got found out, we got busted. And of course, we had to go and apologise to the people. And I'm probably my parents were, mum and dad, you're probably watching. I'm sorry. I don't know if I've ever said sorry to you for that, but I'm sorry about that for any shame or embarrassment that I caused you. But a little thing, a little stoppage can cause some massive issues, Right? And so what are those things that stop us? Well, we need to be, as I said, we need to be transformed in our souls. So that's the realm of anger, greed, malice, judgment, fear, anxiety, doubt, jealousy, competition, lust, unforgiveness, idolatry, traumas and unbelief. All of those things cause blockages in our lives. Right? They, 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 they cause us from being able to really fulfill the mission and allow the river of God to flow in us. For, for some of us, those, those blockages actually stop the Holy Spirit's love fully piercing our hearts because we don't, some, one of those soul issues could be that we think that we're worthless. One of the things that came up for me this last week as I was doing some ministry again at a deep level, like flip, I thought I dealt with that already. Right, But that's an issue because if you think that you know, you're not as valuable, you're not going to receive the love of the Father in the same way. It's an issue of the soul that stops the river from flowing to you. Right? And then there's issues of the soul that like fear and doubt. You know, how many times have you gone to go to prophesy over someone and you feel like you've got a, a word from the Lord or, or you see someone in the supermarket that's, that's got a sore leg or something and you're like, ah, you feel the Holy Spirit saying, go and do it. And you're like, uh, uh, no. You know, we have those t-shirts that say, not today, Satan. You know those t-shirts? I can think they're kind of funny. But sometimes I should have been wearing a t-shirt that said, not today, God. 
Because an issue of the soul, my fear or my anxiety or my doubt is blocking me from allowing the river to flow. You know, things like I'm going to, I see I'm in the supermarket and I see someone that's hobbling and I think I should. First point, it's a bad motive, should. I should go and pray for that person. Right, because they look, but then, then you know how it goes, right? The doubt comes in and you go, well, but if, if I do, and, 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 then they, and then they don't, well, last time I prayed, nobody got healed. And I, I don't know if I've, I've got what it takes. And, uh, I, you know, and, and if, if I pray and they get all their hopes up and then they don't get healed, and, then they feel disappointed and, and I look stupid. And, 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 you know, and then I don't do it anymore. And I would unfortunately have to confess to you that I've done that more than I haven't done that, Right? And so, but what's going on there? Well, first of all, fear. A fear full of looking like an idiot, which is because I've got idolatry in my heart because I think that the person's opinion is more important than me, which basically means that I put their opinion more important than God, right? And then, so I've got fear, I've got idolatry, and then I've got doubt. Well, I don't know if God's gonna use me, uh, blah, 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 blah. Right, And those issues of the soul are the things that cause us to, to have blockages of the river. I think I've shared with you before, one of, one of my challenges is over my life has been the fear of man. Just wanting to people please because I somehow get my value and my significance in the opinions of other people rather than the opinions of God. It's idolatry. It's pretty heavy. And I'm speaking it out myself. This last week, um, oh, I'll come back to that in a minute. Okay. So, so we have those issues. We have other issues that we might have. Judgment. The, the eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You remember that, that tree in the garden? And we've all eaten of it. And so we've all got this opinion and religion is really good at reinforcing this opinion. We've all got this opinion of that's good, that's not good. That's good, that's not good. That's good, that's not good. And I can look at somebody and constantly, if I'm not careful in my mind, what's going on is, wow, look at the way they're, we- they're dressed. Why are they wearing something so weird? Uh, you know, just simple little thing, but what's that to me? Right, or you can look at that. Why? Why are they looking? Like, why have they cut their hair like that? They're just weird, right? And, and, and what am I doing? I'm judging. Now, if I'm judging you, I'm not loving you. If I'm judging you, I, there's no space for the river of God to flow because all I can think about is how stupid you look, right? How annoying you are, or how you need to get a better haircut. Or how you need to dress better or how you stop me to be like that. And all of those things, which is really wrong, think, wrong tree thinking. It's all really the knowledge of good and evil because who do I know? What do I know about that, right? But I'm going through that and what's happening is I'm splocking the river of God. And if God wants to flow to somebody who has a different haircut than I like, I'm, he might want to flow to them. And I might need to let that thing go. It's a trite example. I'll give you another example in a minute. But So God... God this judgment. The other thing that then that, those issues of the soul create are open doors for demonic oppression. Open doors for the enemy to have a connection to us, to empower us to do the wrong thing consistently. So a spirit of fear, for instance. If I've got a people pleasing, a spirit of fear wants to come in and, and reinforce that, that, that fear to lock me in so that I will never, ever want to do anything to show the river to anybody because the fear is too strong. And it's not just my fear, it's because it's being empowered by the demonic, right? And so we just need to 
get rid of those things. I've got, but I've got good news for you. you. You probably all have some kind of perspective of one of those things that I've just shared with you about. You've probably experienced a little bit of that in your own life. Or maybe it's just me. That's a total basket case, but I don't know. Right, but here's the good news. God wants to restore our souls, right? He's made our spirits alive. Now he wants to transform our thinking and restore our souls. So Psalm 23 is a famous psalm for for many of us that we would have, even if we don't know the Lord, or haven't been a Christian long, you probably heard it somewhere. And it starts with this. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, or I shall not be in lack. He makes me lie down in tender green pastures. He leads me beside the waters of rest. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall return or I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for length of days or forever and ever. The Lord's desire is to restore our souls. His desire, and this is a process that he'll take for all of our lives, and I don't think we ever quite get there, but, my, but what he wants to do is to take the needle a long, long way that he's restoring our souls and making us more and more like him. He wants to restore our souls. Well, how does he do that? Well, it's pretty simple, really, and actually pretty complex at the same time. It's very easy, but requires quite a lot of hard work. (laughs) So the first thing, though, is to notice out of that psalm, the first place is to lead us into rest. That there's no striving, there's uh, there's no angst. He loves to lead us beside waters of rest. Is that water again, the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, not just to release life to those around you, but first and foremost to transform your own heart and to restore your own soul and to make your thinking line up with heaven's thinking and to make my thinking line up with heaven's thinking. It's the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside. He leads us beside quiet waters. There's nothing like getting in the secret place, in the quiet and experiencing God to transform you right? But then he gives us in that process, he gives us a dynamite tool. That dynamite tool is a simple tool called repentance. Repentance means to change your thinking, to turn around. In fact, the the word in, in Psalm 23 that says he restores my soul, the root word of that is to turn around. And so he restores, he turns us around. Repentance is turning around. It's the whisper of the Holy Spirit that comes on and says, hey, Murray, you're being awfully judgmental today. Can we talk about that? Yes, Lord. Hey, Murray, you seems like you've got this fear that's dominating you. Can we talk about that? Because it's not really living up to the full life that you've got. Yes, Holy Spirit. It's the issues that the Holy Spirit on the inside speaking to our hearts. It's not someone else saying, hey, you've got to repent, you miserable sinner, fearful person. Well, you could say that, but it probably wouldn't help me on the inside. What I need is power on the inside, right? And so the, but the Holy Spirit's power on the inside is repentance. And we say, Lord, I am so sorry. I turn to you. 
1 John chapter 1 verse 9 says this, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, but if we confess our sin, if, in other words, if we repent, if we turn, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Come on, that's the glorious gospel. And so we've been experiencing, we had communion today. We celebrated the body and the blood of Jesus. You know, it says in, in the Old Testament, God's instruction to his people was sacrifice, but don't ever drink the blood because the life is in it. So, that, so uh, Jewish people are not allowed to drink blood. Why? Because that blood was reserved for the true blood, Jesus Christ, who then came along and said, my blood is life, drink my blood. Why? Because the life is in the blood. And so the grace of God and the love of Christ to us is that his blood has forgiven us of all of our sins. He's covered over us and he's taken up our sins and he's thrown it into the sea. He's got a really good right arm. And, he's, and he remembers our sin no more. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus that is for the remission, for the forgiveness of our sins. But not just for the forgiveness of our sin, but for the cleansing of us. So it's not just that it's now hidden, it's now that we get washed clean. So the blood of Jesus empowers our repentance. Repentance without the blood of Jesus would just be trying to do something, but the blood of Jesus brings life to us, forgiveness, cleansing, freedom, all of those things because you've been died, because, you've died, because you and I have died to Christ, we have died to the power of sin and died to the power of the enemy. And Jesus has come to untie the works of the enemy for us, right? They're already untied. The question, how do we access what Christ has done for us? We access that first and foremost by repentance. And then in repenting what we're receiving, we're receiving grace. Because uh, I think it's in Titus chapter one, it's like God's grace gives us the power to say no. God's grace is the power to transform us on the inside, to set us free, to, to enable us to change so that we're not stuck. We're not just covered over with sin, but we have a new nature that's being birthed in us that the grace is teaching us how to live in a right manner. Ah, oh, the gospel is so stinking amazing. Yes. Not stinking, it's beautiful, gloriously swiffing amazing. Okay, so repentance is the first part. The second part is yielding to him, is just surrendering all that we have. Say, Lord, here I am, I need you. And the third thing is then taking our authority and you, with the blood of Christ and the authority that we have by the power of the Holy Spirit and asking the Holy Spirit and with the Holy Spirit's help, breaking all demonic attachments. Okay, let me give you an example. This week I was, uh, I had some, Ash and I had some ministry and... Um, we like to have some ministry. I noticed for me, I was getting some issues. You know, I was not living quite in as much joy as I had been. And I could feel some stuff going on. So, I, I, so we had a little bit of ministry and then I did some, you know, one of the things I love to do is just get in the secret place with the Holy Spirit and, and have the Holy Spirit speak to me about some things going on in my soul and then partner with the Holy Spirit to get freedom. So as I was waiting on the Lord after some ministry, I was just waiting and I, and I felt the Lord say to me, you know, you're very competitive. And I start to think about my life and I realise, yeah, I grew up as the youngest of three brothers, so I'm competitive with my brothers. Definitely competitive with my brothers. Sorry, boys. Although you're competitive with me too. No, I'm just joking. Right, competitive with my brothers, competitive with people around me, competitive with what's going on. And the Holy Spirit's saying to me, you know, your competitiveness makes you really kind of driven. Makes you really kind of push 
and try and, you know, you're trying to be someone in your competition where I've already made you to be somebody. I'm like, oh, yes, Lord. I, uh, uh, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to repent. Lord, I, would you forgive me from all my competitiveness? And of course, he's faithful and just and he comes in and he, and then so I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm so sorry. And, you know, and then he's like, you know, and there might be some soul ties to some of the people that you've been competitive with. I'm like, oh, okay, Holy Spirit, help me. Okay, I, I, I break agreement with the soul ties which is a connection, an ungodly connection in the spirit between me and someone else where they have some part of me and I have some part of them and I don't want that and they don't want that. And so we just, we, we, the blood of Jesus that sets us free and the repentance and asking for forgiveness, the Holy Spirit sets, free, sets us free from the soul ties. And then it's like, okay, well, there's probably, not probably, I know there, there's, there's, some, there's some demonic interference. There's something that's going on with that. So I'm, Lord, would you, would you help me? And I'm standing in my authority under the blood of Jesus that I'm saying, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. And I'm, I'm asking the, the blood of Jesus to surround me and for the love of God to set me free. And I feel this thing leaving me. Not like, just like a connection. Right, just a connection between me and the, and the, 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 the invisible, ungodly realm. And I, and, I, and I can, all of a sudden in my mind, I get this picture of running free. That's a blockage. I don't want that blockage. I want it to be free. I want to run free in what the Holy Spirit spoken to me. So we're yielding to that. We're breaking the demonic. And then, of course, it's, oh, Holy Spirit, now where, that, where there's been any attachment or any ungodly belief, would you speak truth into me? Yeah, I believe you. Yeah, I, I, I belong to you. Yes, I'm significant in you. And then, Holy Spirit, will you fill me up? And whew, he comes and fills me up. And it's, it's simple, but it's hard. It takes work. But it's simple, but it sets us free, right? And this is a glorious thing. And so we get to get set, we get to be set free. So a few weeks ago, let me just put this together. You know, I said I've struggled with fear and I've struggled with some, you know, doubt and some other things. Uh, a few weeks ago, well, so what the Holy Spirit's been learning and teaching me and, and breathing life into me is that the river of God is the love of God, right? And that the gifts of the Spirit really are love gifts, they're, they're, love, they're the gifts of love that the Father has for us and for those around us, just to demonstrate how magnificent he is. And so Ash and I and Sarah, we were shopping for a, um, a new set of uh, sofas, for, you know, couches, whatever. And we went to, we were going around different shops. We went to this one shop and, uh, and there was this older gentleman, probably uh, his late 50s, uh, limping around a little bit, um, looking very dapper with a bow tie. And, um, uh, you know, we, we, he comes to serve us and we're there, you know, because we're having to choose the fabric and the style and the, uh, and the cushions and the, you know, we're there for like an hour and a half. And we're just chit-chatting, you know, I'm asking, he said, I asked him about his knee and he's like, yeah, I've got some arthritis. And you know, we, as we're talking, you know, he starts talking about his life partner that he's been, in, been with for 15 years. And, uh, and you know, and, and normally in, 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 under, in a judgmental attitude, I'd be thinking, life partner? Uh, what, uh, what, what, what does that mean? And uh, um, uh, does this guy have some alternative lifestyles that don't line up with the Bible? What? Right? Judgment, 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 judgment. But the Holy Spirit's been dealing with me on that. So we're just chit-chatting. And we're, you know, I've learned to bless and then to fellowship. So I'm learning, you know, we're just hanging out and we're, we're laughing because he, he, you know, he was filling in the, 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 the details in the register and, and he kept getting it wrong and having to get the manager coming over. And so we were getting, you know, Sarah was getting hungry. And so we're laughing about fact that Sarah's getting hungry and that he's messing it up and you know we're just having a good joke and uh, and, and 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 all of that and at some point I just rather than feeling like I should 
because I'm trying not to do anything out of how I should. I just, I just say to him, hey, listen, I haven't had much, I've had some success, not all, a lot of success, but some success. That when I pray for people, they get healed. You know, and God would love to demonstrate his love for you in, in, in healing you. Would you be open to that? He goes, yeah, sure. My sister prays for me all the time. Ah, very good. <laughs> so I, 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 you know, I, I, I just, I didn't put my hands in him. I, he just bows his head. Right? So I'm just looking at him and he bows his head and looks up and sees me looking at him and sort of gets a bit of a start and, and, and sits up and, and I'm just, I just pray what I thought was the most unanointed, unspecial, unfaithful prayer imaginable. Lord, thank you for, name inserted, uh, I ask that you would just, you know, would you come and show him how much you love him? Would you heal his knee? And, and he's like, oh, wow. Yeah. And that was it. Amen. And he's like, oh, amen. You know, he wasn't quite sure what to do. And he's like, oh, that, that feels a bit better. So I said, well, I believe that God's a God of the 100%. Would you mind if I put my hand on your knee and, and just see if he can take care of the 100, you know, the rest of it? And he's sure. So I prayed another very unanointed, simple prayer. And, um, and he's like, wow, it feels good. And then, as I said, he had to get up three times to go to the cash register to get the, the receipt from the, the credit card slip. Um, and every time he's like, wow, it just doesn't, it feels good. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel painful at all. And he calls his manager over, hey, these guys prayed for me and my knee feels much better. And the manager goes, oh, well, would you pray for my sister? She's a bit crazy. <laughs> and then the guy says, yeah, would you pray for my dog? Because he keeps peeing everywhere. I'm like, oh. Not sure about that. And we, you know, we made the sale and, you know, hopefully gets commission and we had a, we, we left. We just, but what we were doing, we we're pouring out the love of God. The river of God was meeting him. But why? Because the Holy Spirit's been dealing with my judgments, my fear and my doubt that would actually enable me to step out at the promptings of the Holy Spirit, not because I should, but because I'm overcome with the love of God for this individual whom, if I, in my theological framework, would say doesn't deserve the love of God because he doesn't have all of his right lifestyle, but it doesn't seem to matter to God. And so the love of God reaching out. And then that, that evening I was doing the leaf blowing, which is a perennial challenge for me in this fall. I'm sure others can relate as well. And, um, and you know, I'm just thinking about that, that incident. I'm thinking, wow, that's, that would make a good testimony. You know, I just want to, you know, obviously we want to encourage people and, with testimonies. And, and the Holy Spirit was like, hey, um, is he your trophy? Or is he my trophy of grace? Holy Spirit, yes, he's your trophy. You're the one that healed him. You're the one that loves him. You're the one that's bringing him joy. You're the one that is the lover of his soul. And I had to repent again, turn away because I'm looking for significance in something. There's a little part of me that was just looking for, I did that. Of course, I didn't do any of it other than being obedient. But the Holy Spirit saying, no, no, this is not, your trophy, this is my trophy. And so here's my plea, here's my desire for each one of us, is that it, we press in by the still waters, the waters of rest, and we allow the Holy Spirit to put his finger on the issues of our lives and allow him to bring healing and deliverance and breakthrough. 
I don't know about you, but I feel like we're in a season, I'm personally in a season, where what used to fly, and I used to be able to get away with the Holy Spirit saying, no, not now. Because there's too much at stake. The glory of God is at stake for you to be dilly-dallying, dabbling around in your little judgments and your little anger and your little unforgiveness and your little competitiveness. No, no, I'm not letting you even just a little smidgen deal with that, get away with that. And I love it and I hate it at the same time. I love it because I love the Holy Spirit's kindness. The challenge is it can be quite difficult and quite an uh, push to actually sit down and do the heavy work of saying, Lord, I forgive me and, what, and listening and dealing with soul ties and dealing with any demonic and dealing with any ungodly beliefs and dealing with anything and then allowing the Holy Spirit to come. And just, you know, and so honestly in my flesh, sometimes I'm like, no. But then I think there's too much at stake. There's too much of the glory of God. There's the kingdom assignments that he wants to, the river to be unblocked in me and then flowing out to others that he can manifest his love to everybody around us. That he can get out of you and I and bless people around us. And so we're just you know, allowing, yielding to the Holy Spirit. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I live with things for too long when I shouldn't do. We have a, a, a rug at home that our dog peed on about eight times. We didn't realise until we walked in and thought, there's an overwhelming smell of dog urine, what's going on? And we pulled the rug back and there was at least seven big patches. So because it's too expensive compared to the amount of the, the cost of the rug, like the rug cost like 200 bucks, the cleaning was 500 bucks. I'm like, we're just gonna roll it up and throw it, put it in the garage and then throw it out in the garage. The thing is, it's now been in the garage for about four weeks and it smells and I trip over it every time I go and get the dog food. But some, somehow I'm willing, to let, I'm willing to live with it. The smell and the urine and the rubbish. What are, we, what, what are we willing to live with? What blockages, what things are coming into our lives that we're willing to actually say, yeah, that's fine. I don't mind. I'll get to it someday. I'm speaking to myself. I'm feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit. There's too much at stake. The river of God is too glorious. The kingdom assignment too great the love of God too magnificent to hold back from fully receiving all that Christ has won for us already on the cross. Because the victory is already ours. It's just, are we gonna appropriate it? And it takes work, it takes effort. And sometimes we have to go and see professionals like Stephen Laurie and Stephen and Lisa and others that, that, and, and, and Erica who, 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 who have greater tools. But, but, and that's good and please do that if you get stuck. But, but don't wait because you've got the river of life springing up on the inside of you. You've got the blood of Jesus setting you free. You've got the glory of the grace of God that helps you to say no to unrighteousness. You've got the atomic energy of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you that, and me that says, you don't have to live that way. We don't have to live that way. 
And I feel in evil, and whether we feel like we've got it all together or, we've, or we feel like we've got so many problems that there's such a big swamp that we can never get away with, you know, we can never get healing from. I want, to, I want the Holy Spirit now, I'm asking him to fill you with hope that the things that you feel like you've been stuck with will be unstuck by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the precious blood of Jesus Christ that sets us free. I want to invite you to stand. And as I've been speaking, and if you're watching online as well, as I've been speaking, maybe the Holy Spirit's been dealing with your heart. Maybe he's been putting his finger on some issues of judgment or unbelief or doubt or anger or hatred, or self-rejection, worthlessness, something that I found coming up with me again this week that I thought I'd dealt with. Maybe it's fear or anxiety, but whatever it is, maybe there's a bunch of things. The first thing I'd like us to do, I want to invite you to make a commitment before the Lord now to the Holy Spirit with all the resources of heaven to say, Holy Spirit, I'm going after this thing. I'm not leaving it as a stinking mess. I'm going after it. If you want to make that confession, if you want to make that declaration, please do so in your heart. And the Lord will believe you because love believes all things. And then for some of you, some of us here, what that also requires is just a response. It's a response to God and then a response to just make a declaration to somebody. This is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm believing God for. Will you help me? And we have a ministry team. I would love to invite the ministry team up here just to take a moment to pray. Ministry team, come up. Just to pray, if you feel like you've got stuck and you just need someone to agree with you, you know there's a great power in agreement where two or three are gathered together and they agree. There's incredible power in that agreement to break the yoke. And so I want to invite you. I want to invite you. If, you, if the Holy Spirit's been putting His finger on some issues of your life, fear, unbelief, doubt, pride. I want to encourage you just to take a moment to deal with the Lord and come and confess it and have somebody pray for you, okay?